0: good evening everyone and welcome to episode 83 of the motorcycle men podcast i am ted here in the v-twin cafe in the corner booth but i am not alone nope i've got myself a cup of hot tea and a piece of apple pie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream and some caramel drizzled on top that I am about to share with my guest. But, first, thank you for tuning in and listening to this show, and of course for all of the Motorcycle Men shows, and a special thanks to all of our contributors and subscribers to the podcast. Your help, regardless of its size, goes a long way to help us improve the show. in fact... As of this recording, new microphones and some audio interfaces are on the way to the cafe to help us provide you with better quality and more content. So if you'd like to help out the show, you can make a one-time contribution by clicking on the donate button on the homepage at www.motorcyclemen.us or you can also click on the subscribe button there as well if you'd like to make a monthly donation. Either case... Anything you want to donate or contribute, be it a single dollar or $100,000, uh, for that matter, uh, just being a listener and telling your fellow riders is also another fine way to show your appreciation. But anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. Now, for all of you ladies out there, or guys for that matter, did you know that there is a growing interest in adventure riding among women? No? There is, and if you know of a woman who rides right now, pause this episode now and tell them to tune in because this show is for them. Adventure Woman is here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. All right, joining me now all the way from the lovely state of Colorado, Pat Jakes. Hello, Pat. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ted. It's good to be here. I'm glad to have you on here. Uh, as I was saying earlier, we don't often get too many women on the show, women motorcyclists, and I'm glad to have you on because this is the other side of the planet from where we are actually. So I'd like to get a little insight into Adventure Woman. You're going to tell us all about that. So for a little stars, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Adventure Woman?
1: Well, um, I've been riding for almost 50 years. Uh, I got my first, yep. Yep. (laughs) I got my first mini bike, uh, when I was eight years old and then when I was 11 years old, I made the honor society at school, and Dad asked me what I wanted, and I said a, a dirt bike. So he bought me a motorcycle, and uh, one thing led to another. It wasn't long before my brother and I were both racing, and back in the day, uh, you know, they, they they occasionally had a girls' class. They called it the powder puff class, oh, wow. and, uh, <laughs> and I wound up lapping the entire field. So then my dad let wow. me race against the men, and uh, I enjoyed a very successful Motocross career, racing all over the United States against men, really? and yeah, wow. yeah,
2: I'm impressed.
1: So, well, thanks. It's uh, you know, it was a lot of fun, and uh, and now that I've gotten older, I don't race anymore, but I still enjoy very spirited single track riding, and I enjoy adventure riding. Um, and you know, I've I've I'm no stranger to the V-twin crowd. I've I've had a Vulcan Bean Street 1600, and uh, my brother's got. Harleys, and so yeah, if it's got two wheels, I I definitely am into it.
0: Excellent. What are you riding now?
1: Right now, I have three bikes. My little single track track bike is (laughs) a
0: three. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I'm a I'm I'm a girly man. I only have one.
1: Well, Ted, I have to tell you, I'm down (laughs) to three bikes at one time. I had six.
0: (laughs) Down to three bikes. Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it got to be too much as far as it seems like every other week I was riding an insurance check or having to change oil. So I'm down to three bikes. Uh, <laughs> I have a little KTM 350 single track bike, and I have a Husqvarna 701 Enduro, which is a dual sport, a lightweight dual sport okay. bike. And I have uh, my screaming Mimi is a KTM 1190R, which is a 150 horsepower fire-breathing dragon that can be ridden <laughs> off-road or on-road.
0: Now, is that the 1190 Adventure? Yes, it is. It is. You know, it's one of the bikes that I I, I went back to at the, uh, well, it was between that and in the V-Strom going at the, at the IMS show, sitting on great. that bike or that, and uh, I like the KTMs. I'm still a little partial to the V-Strom. I don't know why, but yeah. You know, but then this is a Harley guy talking to you, so what do I know, right? Yeah, totally
1: <laughs> different bike. The The V-Strom's a great bike if you're, if you're pre- predominantly into road riding, but yeah. if you're a serious off-roader, the KTM is... Head and shoulders above um, most of the competition. See,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, and I heard it from you.
1: Well, and <laughs> honestly, the you know the KTM the Adventure they have three different models of it. So um, there's one that's more of a touring bike, uh-huh. and then there's another one that's a little more hardcore off road. And of course, I have the hardcore off road bike.
0: No, <laughs> not you. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us yeah. about it. Tell us about Adventure Woman. What is that?
1: So, uh, ADV Woman is a company that I formed because, um, my goal is to empower women through motorcycle coaching.
2: Yes. Empower yes,
1: women. absolutely. Um, and you know, Harley Davidson commissioned that study a few years back where they found women that rode motorcycles are more comfortable in their skin, have better relationships with their significant oh. others. And um, are are much more relaxed and less stressed than women that don't ride. Uh-huh. And um, you know, all that's true. That's that's uh, uh, that that's not new information to me. But uh, the thing about adventure riding is there's a there's a lot of people these days that want to do round the world travel or that want to travel off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. So if you limit yourself to pavement, um, you're pretty limited because about 95 percent of the world's roads are not paved. Really, so, that many? Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah,
1: if you get out of the United States. Uh, the majority of the roads are not paved. Okay. So yeah. So so the thing about Adventure Woman is, is riding off road is a very different experience mm-hmm. and requires different skills and and honestly, riding motorcycles for women is a different experience than it is for men. Uh, a lot of women find riding motorcycles to be transformational, spiritual, empowering, and um so so what I wanted to do is uh, create uh, a business and create an event where women were the priority not an afterthought so um, so adB woman is is all about them um, you know teaching the women but honestly we don't just work with women we work with men too uh, one of my favorite things is to work with husbands and wives or partners mm-hmm. because the women say you know I want to go riding with my guy but you know, when I ask him how do I do something, he says, "Well, well, 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 just do it." <laughs> and sounds you know, like a, the lady needs like a little a bit more than that, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's great to work with couples because then we can teach the couples how to work together and how to coach each other and how to um, help each other out. So, um, so yeah, ADV woman started about three years ago, and uh, I started going to motorcycle rallies and teaching group lessons and. And then I, I started looking, I found out from a lot of the women that they do not like to go to motorcycle rallies. Uh, they don't feel safe really? um, in the adventure world. Uh, a lot of them don't, they don't feel safe. They don't want to, you know, they don't feel comfortable Okay. Uh, and they don't really feel that skilled and they're intimidated. So I thought, well, let's create a rally that's all about the women. Right. So, uh, so last year I hosted the first ever adventure rally for women by women wow. and, wow. uh, we were 60% women and 40% men, mm-hmm. uh, very heavy on training. Uh, all of, we had on range rider training and we also had a bunch of classroom training and all of our instructors are women. So, um, and then, you know, it wasn't just about training. We, y- you know, when you're riding a motorcycle off-road in the back country, which is what adventure riding is all about, mm-hmm. you have to be self-sufficient. Oh um, yeah. You get oh, a yeah. flat tire, you're not going to call AAA, you no, know, you're not, uh, no, no. <laughs> not at no. all. Um, so, we taught not only did we teach the rider training, but we had classroom sessions on how to fix a flat, trailside maintenance, practical GPS navigation, moto camping, how to load your motorcycle and unload your motorcycle from a truck or trailer.
2: Right.
1: We taught the ladies how to pick up their bikes even if they weren't strong enough. Um, some of the v twin guys have probably heard about the dust rider hoist, so yeah so so we demoed that, and you know the whole idea was just to have women be capable and self-reliant and confident riders.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's a great idea. I mean, well, I mean, I would have to assume that when you have these co-ed rallies, there is a little bit of, I don't want to, without lack of a better word, I'll say intimidation between the men and the women. So I guess when you have this rally, which focuses on the women, what are the guys doing there? I mean, (laughs) really, should they be there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, The guys are having a blast. And uh, some of the best feedback that I got was from the guys. Uh, A lot of the guys took the classes, too. They took the rider classes. And we also do, um, I have some routes that are GPSed out, and I have a road book. So there's a bunch of tours to do. We're in the heart of the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, This is really a a beautiful place to do dual sport riding. So I had a bunch of different rides. Whether I had a road ride. I had um, three dual sport rides of different, um, lengths. And also, you know, if, if, if you were a technical rider and wanted to just beat yourself up, I could give you a route for that. <laughs> or if you were just uh, a guy that wanted to just go cruise and see pretty stuff, I could do that, do that too. And we also had a, a geocache scavenger hunt where I went out nice. along the different routes and I marked different places and you got points by, uh, Instagramming photos and we gave away a prize for that. Oh, nice. And, uh, and then, you know, we had all catered meals. And then, of course, Saturday night we had a DJ dance party. And it was pretty funny. It was like being in high school because all the <laughs> chicks were inside and they're dancing and shaking their booties and having a good time. And the, the guys were all around the outside, one foot in, one foot out, ready to bolt if you just looked at them, you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Wimps. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, our event is alcohol-free. Um that was another thing that uh, that separates this from a lot of events. Uh, you know, honestly, Ted, I I talk to women at adventure rallies, and I personally have experienced this, where um, uh, the women are been made uncomfortable because they're constantly getting hit on, and because of the fact that uh, there's a there's an attitude of um, entitlement that it's okay, and so right. the women just wanted to be able to relax and not have to, um, play games and, and just learn and enjoy yeah. themselves. So it, it created a whole different atmosphere.
0: Yeah. Guys can be jerks sometimes.
1: Well, I, there's plenty of women out there that, you know, play into that. I'm not saying that this is a one sided thing, no, but, it is. um, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to create something different. Yeah. There, there's plenty of other rallies out there that, that are, um, that, that are the quote unquote standard and mm-hmm. good for them. They're successful. I wanted to do something
0: completely different. Well, you absolutely are doing something completely different because really you don't really hear about this kind of stuff, you know? Right. But the, tell us about the 2017 rally. What's coming up with that for this year? Uh,
1: well, that's July 20th through the 23rd and we've expanded it to a four day rally. Um, we've uh, we got rave reviews last year mm-hmm. and people want more. So, so what we've done is uh, we teach three classes now. The first class is Adventure Essentials, where we teach fundamental riding skills for the big adventure bikes like the 1190
2: mm-hmm.
1: or the BMWs. We teach Dirt Bike Essentials, which are the fundamental skills for small single track bikes. Mm-hmm. So those are our fundamental classes. And then um, we're also teaching an advanced class called BDR Essential Essentials, that stands for Backcountry Discovery Routes Ooh, yeah. Uh, essentials. Yeah, so um, the Backcountry Discovery Routes, there's a series of routes. I think there's about 10 or 11 of them now that are off-road off routes that go. Um, well, the one in Colorado is seven days long, and it goes from the Wyoming border all the way down to Cortez, Colorado, and it's 85% off-road. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's wow. spectacular. I, the scenery on this route, I would put it up against um, – scenery anywhere in the world. And um, right after the rally, uh, I've partnered with Elisa Klickinger of Women's Motorcycle Tours. Mm -hmm. We're going to lead the first ever all-woman Colorado backcountry discovery tour. Nice. And Elisa's name is probably familiar to the V-Twin crowd because she led the Sister Centennial ride last year where she took from uh, New York all the way to San Francisco. I think she had a couple hundred riders that she took cross country, so...
0: Yeah, that was uh, very well broadcast. I heard, in fact, a couple other podcasters were actually uh, uh, interviewing some people on that ride. It was very interesting. Very interesting.
1: Cool, cool. Well, yeah. Elisa's passion, her first love is off-road riding. It's just that the predominance of riders are road riders. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, offering tours to road riders is, is how you make a living. But uh, but anyway, so, so we also have expanded our classroom offerings. And uh, we're going to have our DJ dance. And because we're teaching classes on Thursday, Friday, then on Saturday everybody gets to go out and do fun rides. Mm-hmm. So Saturday is is all about the riding. And then uh, we have our, our award ceremony. And and just for you guys, we have a special award that, oh, you know, boy. I don't care Uh-oh. how many guys are there, but we only have one guy that gets this award. It's called the Man Up, Ride Like a Girl Award.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: one special guy gets that award. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll give that out Saturday night. And and then we're also going to have a keynote speaker Saturday night. Uh-huh. The, the theme at this year's rally is Get Your Badass On.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And... Uh, then we'll, of course, finish up with our DJ dance.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I, can, I I have to ask, so what does a guy have to do to win this man up thing, award?
1: <laughs> well, Joe Kelly got the award last year, and uh, Joe is the general manager at the local uh, motorsports dealership here in Granby. And Joe got the award because uh, I've known Joe for six or seven years, and He's an amazing guy. Uh, I've watched women walk into his dealership, and he treats them with deference and respect, just like the men. He never takes them and just shows them the girl bike.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, they walk in, and he shows them the same bikes that he would show uh, a guy. He's always respectful of them. He actually, the the rally would not have happened last year without Joe's sponsorship. They came up with a chunk of, of cash mm-hmm. to support us, which is. Thank goodness for them. We actually broke even on our very first rally, wow. which is unheard of in the business. You mm-hmm. know, um, so he got the 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 award is uh, is given um, tongue in cheek, but it's a heartfelt award because you know we're in this together and we have to support each other. And uh, yeah, he was uh, he was kind of blown away. And I <laughs> I won't tell you what the award was; it'll sort of spoil it. But it was pretty funny.
0: Oh, great! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you get a uh, better turnout this year, a bigger turnout, I should say. So listen, yeah. no one ever really thinks of this kind of thing or, or you don't hear about it much, especially in many of the major magazines. Uh, are the numbers of women adventure riders growing?
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a huge appeal, uh, according to the motorcycle industry council, 25% of all riders are women. Really? And yeah, but now per- the large predominance of that group is, um, road riders Mm -hmm. and across the board, uh, I think around 75% of all motorcycles are road motorcycles. So, um, about 25% is, you know, off-road dirt bikes, motocross, dual sport, things like that. But adventure riding is growing and a lot of women are attracted to adventure riding. Uh, it's insane, Ted. You wouldn't believe. I mean, there's a little gal that's riding um, a, a little 250 cc motorcycle around the world, and she's, you know, ridden that little motorcycle in Antarctica.
0: Um, oh, I know. You, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, Stephanie I, Stevens. Jevons, yes, yeah, Steph Stevens. I right. had I had her as a guest right. a couple weeks ago.
1: Right. I mean, uh, there's the appeal to adventure riding. It, it's it's amazing to me. that there are women that have never ridden before. They don't know what they're doing, but they just make their mind up that they're going to go do this. And they get out, they learn to ride and they go out and do it. So, um, you know, I just think that there's a huge appeal, um, the the appeal to women. If you, the surveys from the motorcycle industry council is women say they like the freedom. Um, they want to get off the beaten path and adventure riding does all of that. And it's, it's more about, you know, when you get on a road bike, 300, 500 miles, even an iron, about 1,000 miles is no big deal uh, on a road bike. If you get on an adventured bike, 250 miles is a big day.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, you're riding much slower instead of being on the pavement looking at the mountain. Mm-hmm. You're riding through and over and around the mountain. Uh, it's a completely different experience.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I do this often, and please pardon me for doing this, but I compare it a lot to mountain biking. And I do a lot of mountain biking and it's different from road cycling because, you know, road cycling, just like with road motorcycling, you get on the road and you go, but when you're off-road and you're mountain biking, you got to pay attention just a little bit more and you're yeah. not going as fast and there's far more obstacles. So yeah, I, I understand. I've never been any off-road motorcycling myself. So it's something I need to get myself into.
1: Oh, you'd be, yeah, you'd be a natural because a lot of the skills for mountain biking, uh, they, they, uh, they transfer over to the off-road riding. Um, you know, I when I retired from racing motocross, I was recovering from a pretty catastrophic knee injury and I started riding mountain bikes and, and started racing, and I was terrible at cross-country. And, and then I accidentally showed up for a downhill race and wound up having the second fastest time on the course. So I thought, oh, okay, um, this is what I'm supposed to do. But, you know, the skills are the same. So you, you're you comfortable with sliding the wheels. You know about counterbalancing. Yep. You know, um, and, and you know about how to read the trail and find lines. So yeah. all those skills transfer to a motorcycle. But... You know, when you're riding a 25, 28-pound mountain bike versus the, the KTM is 550 pounds. Yeah. I mean, managing that kind of inertia and that kind of weight, and it, it has a high center of gravity. So yep. if you make a mistake, it's yeah. tough to recover. Yeah, it you doesn't.
0: Know. Yeah, it does, yeah. It's, not, it's not very forgiving. You know.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you'd be a natural, and, and you'd, you'd <laughs> take to it like a fish to water, I'm um, sure.
0: I, I, I would hope so. But I, I really like how you, you chose a low-impact sport to get <laughs> to fix your knee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know Ted, a lot of people are uh, in the V-twin world. There's we're not looking, let me make this real clear. Um I love my brother's he's got a screaming Eagle 110 Road King and I love that bike and if I could afford to have, you know, my <laughs> six bikes again, I'd have uh, I'd have myself a big old V-twin. Yeah. But What we're looking to do is give people more options Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, just being stuck on the road riding to give them options. And I went, uh, I think it was in 2014, the Steel Horse Sisterhood asked me to come in. I did an intro to dual sport class, uh, uh, Western Dual Sport Motorcycles, loaned us six bikes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a two-hour class and, and taught these gals how to ride standing up and how to start counterbalancing and things like that. And unfortunately it rained like crazy. We only got to run eight gals through the training, but three of those eight gals bought dual sport bikes within four months. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and not only that, you know, it's great to have these skills because one of the gals that I taught, um, she emailed me about three or four months later, she was riding a, she had a, um, a street glide, and she said, Pout, I just came into the corner too hot, plain and simple. And I had no choice. I wasn't going to make the turn. She stood up on the floorboards on that street glide and rode that thing into a cornfield and came to a stop safely. Yeah. And she said, and she said, the guys came up to her and said, where Where'd you learn to do that? And she said, I didn't even think I just reacted. And she said, she told me that if she would not have taken my class and learned how to ride and how to stand up and how to bring that bike to a stop like that, that she probably would have gotten hurt.
0: You know, you can, you know, as a mountain biker, I know you can control your center of gravity far better when you're standing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You totally can move the bike around. And, and even, you know, I still work with the steel horse sisterhood. I teach a lot of, um, off-road skills to road riders. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm very dynamic on the bike, and uh, women have 40% less muscle mass in their upper body than men do. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Um, a, a pound of male muscle and a pound of female muscle generates the same power, but we got 40% less muscle in our upper bodies. So when you're, you know, riding that big old hog and you're steer- and and some Harley's have a tendency to understeer when you're pushing or pulling and handling that it's easy for you and it can be quite strenuous for women. So I teach them how to use their lower bodies a little bit. I teach them to move, scooch their butts around on the seat just a little bit and drive their knee into the tank and and use their legs and their lower body. And uh, I'm going to be teaching a class at the 2017 Steel Horse Sisterhood in Uray and also in Pigeon Ford, um, Tame the Twisties. And, you know, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be moving around on the, on the seat and, I see women on the V twins oftentimes struggling. Um, I think the hardest thing to do on a V twin is turn around in the stupid parking lot. Right.
0: <laughs> you know, I have and, trouble doing that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And,
1: and you know, they people tend to put their inside foot down and then the bike wants to lean that way and yeah. then it falls over. And so I teach them to put their outside foot down and scoot their butt over onto to the yeah. outside so that they're counterbalancing the bike. And you know, so I, it, I teach a lot of I. I teach road riders to ride like a dirt biker. Well, you know,
0: <laughs> body English goes a long way. You know, Absolutely, more people need to do that. Of all the women who attend your rally, okay, uh, or or on your tours, for example, how many of those women are new riders, completely new to adventure, or or new to adventure riding?
1: Well, I would say about. of the riders that I'm working with now are road riders that are transitioning into the off-road world. They're coming to the dirt side, if you will.
0: (laughs) I wonder how many many of them go back to road riding or they just stay strictly dirt.
1: They continue. They, a, a lot of them continue. They'll have, they'll have a couple bikes.
0: Wow. and they
1: continue to road ride. So, um, I actually have four distinct programs and four distinct clients, um, one client is the woman who's never, ever ridden, and I'm developing a product line, which I can't really talk about yet. I understand um, completely. Yeah, but I'm develop, developing a product line to get women never, evers into the sport. Um, so we have a, a, a great offering there that's probably going to be unveiled in the fall. Uh, my second client is a road rider who wants to transition over to the dirt side.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you're just teaching them, you know, different ways of riding. And it and and you know there there's a couple things that are different. You know we don't we don't lean to the inside so much. We're counterbalancing and uh, we're going a lot slower and 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 it's a lot more dynamic. I mean on a road bike you're shifting through the gears and the next stoplight you shift again and downshift and come to a stop. But um, on a dirt bike it's really dynamic. You're up down all around. Um, oh yeah. Then my, uh, my third client are women who already, dirt bikers or off-road riders, who want to improve their skills and be self-reliant. Mm-hmm. And my fourth client are couples. Wow. So the rally um, is a great uh, place to start because it appeals to three of my four clients. The yeah. only thing I cannot offer at the rally right now is the never ever. So, um yeah, I mean, we. I, I want to grow this. I actually have a vision of, um, if you envision, well, truthfully, I've talked to Joan Crenning at the Steel Horse Sisterhood about having a week-long event where at the first weekend, maybe it's the V-Twin crowd. And we have women-centric events the first weekend. And then maybe there's guided rides and tours during the week. And at, then at the ending weekend, it's the dirt crowd.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's all about women, regardless of what they ride.
0: Oh, that's neat! That's really cool. Have you? I I had interviewed uh, the guys from uh, Butler Maps uh, last week, and did, were are you aware that they have uh, they run backcountry tours uh, through the western part of the United States? And there's a lot of off-road riding, and I just thought this might be something you might be interested in.
1: Well, that's exactly the tour that we're offering: is the Colorado backcountry tour. Oh, there
0: you go. See?
1: Colorado Backcountry Discovery Route, and uh, Butler Maps is one of the key sponsors. And Beautiful. Actually, I, I'm involved. The Motorcycle Industry Council has a, a group called Power Lily, which is about promoting women in the motorsports. And they have a, a mentorship program called the Gas Tank Program, and I've been accepted into that mentorship program. And okay, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the guys at Butler Maps, who actually runs Rever, is my mentor.
0: Uh, So um, who would that be?
1: (laughs) Justin Bradshaw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Justin Justin was on the show not too long ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Justin and I are going to be working very closely, which is phenomenal. I mean, we both live in Colorado. Um, he does the, uh, cycle world adventure rally, which some of my rally is patterned a little bit out, just a little bit off of what they do. And, uh, He's all about the backcountry discovery routes. And, uh, nice. I've made a commitment, a personal commitment, all BDRs, all women. And like mm-hmm. I said, there's 11 different routes right now. So yeah. we're starting with Colorado cause it's in my backyard, but I intend to do them all with women.
0: Wow. Uh, as far as it goes for all your bikes that you're using now, you've already told us that you got your, your KTM's, and you're, you're pretty well set. I think what are your, yeah. what, what are your attendees riding?
1: Boy, um, Everything under the sun. Uh, last year, we had everything from uh, Honda CRF250s and Yamaha XT225s on up to one gal showed up on a BMW uh, GSA 1200 adventure bike. and wow. I mean, that's a monster. That is a monster. I mean, wow. It's a monster. Hey. And, yeah, Cletha is awesome. She's a, She was a V-Twin rider. She's an attorney, and she's retired, and, and she and her husband... Want to travel and um, and they realized that they were somewhat limited with where they could go with just their V twins. So they both got into adventure riding, and now they're yeah. traveling.
0: Now, you, with I realized that was one of the, thing, the questions I had asked you about earlier. But what uh, with with programs like uh, Long Way Around, Long Way Down, and many of these other uh, adventure movies and documentaries that are out there, is this something you've ever considered doing?
1: You know, um, yeah, at some point. But there's two things. First of all, I'm still very much uh, in working mode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I
1: own two companies. I'm a total entrepreneur, so I'm very busy making a living and running my companies, and yeah. I can't just take off. Um, and and so that's one thing. I mean, that's going to change, and I'm. that's part of my plan with ADB Woman is uh, – uh, my My day job has been an i t consultant for over forty years, and a d v woman is my heart work. This is my passion
2: yeah
1: and i yeah I have a vision to take this all over the world uh, i'd love to to put on a rally in europe i'd love to put on rallies in in Canada and wherever you know, so maybe this is going to be the vehicle for that I'm just going to sort of set that intention and allow that to happen um and then the other thing is is I live in Colorado. <laughs> This is some of the world's best riding people spend so much money to come here and ride. And this is my backyard. I ride it every weekend. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where I, where I'm able to ride right now. And and that said, I'm getting ready to go on a trip to Baja, Mexico. So a
0: little vacation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I actually, I'm I'm taking two weeks,
0: motorcycle vacation.
1: You bet. bet. Yeah. We're trailering to Phoenix and then we're going to head down to Cabo and, uh, all of us on adventure bikes. Wow.
0: See now you right there. See you almost ruined it for me. You said you're trailing to Phoenix. You know.
1: Yeah, and but... you know why?
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Because
1: because these guys want to bomb to Phoenix because they only have uh, a certain number of days off. Oh, I see. And they we we want to just launch from Phoenix and get there. So you know do that hard drive to phoenix but uh because
0: you know harley guys you know harley guys won't trailer their bikes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i know i know it's uh if it's less than an iron but it's just not a a worth a day's ride right it's
0: it's actually very smart because i'd probably do the same thing what am i saying
1: (laughs) 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 we talked about you know what though part of what you run into is uh you wear your tires out you know, by the time you get down to the Mexican border, your knobbies are going to be, uh, yeah. bald. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, so, uh, that's why you, you kind of have to be yeah.
0: judicious. Yeah. You start with the dual sport tires first and then you change them out.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, right? But so, yeah. So, you know, I, I would love to do more riding and traveling. I would love to just do more riding, um, really? fun riding, yeah. but, um, uh, you know, I'll just kind of let that unfold and then I'm still working to earn a living,
0: you know? You know just like I always say, when people ask me, you know, why don't I do this or that, and I say, well, because you know, work gets in the way of my otherwise rock star exactly. lifestyle, you see, and that's what it is. Exactly. You know, you know, you gotta, you gotta eat, right? So, tell us about your dirt bike, uh, your dirt bike essentials uh, rider training class.
1: So, dirt bike essentials is uh, fundamental skills for single track riding, and obviously, we start with body position. The most important thing on when you're riding off road is balance and mm-hmm. throttle and cut, clutch control and line choice. Those are the three skills that are most important. And your balance come from, comes from a standing position. And it's interesting, uh, a lot of people struggle. You know, we stand up and down, uh, on our two feet on the ground all the time, but all of a sudden you put a motorcycle underneath you and people think it changes. So that's when I see people doing this half squat and their knees are bent. And, you know, if, you, if you're in a half squat, you're not going to last very long because, you know, your, your quads are firing the whole time. So, um mm. So, you know, we stress the body position. We teach them on the little bikes to turn around their inside foot. We teach them how to brake slide into a corner. We teach racing starts. And the reason I teach racing starts is because a lot of women are afraid of the power of their motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And power comes in really handy, you know, when you're getting ready to pull out somewhere and even on a road bike. And here comes a truck and you hit the brakes, you're going to get smashed. So you better know how to wind it out and and get up and go.
0: Or are you being chased you know? by a mountain lion or a bear or something
1: <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> We're a moose, a mad moose. Um, we teach uh, braking skills, uh, front brake, rear brake, both of them together. Uh, we teach how to ride uh, inclines, stops and starts on mm-hmm. inclines. And uh, we have a, a tiered section where, you know, and we do everything gradually. We, in, we increase the intensity. Uh, we start with little hills, and then there's a pretty gnarly one back behind our training center that we can work on. Um, And, and with a, probably the favorite thing is we teach them to ride logs and it's pretty cool when you see, uh, yeah, you know, we'll start with a little pole that, um, even if you do everything wrong, you're not going to get hurt, but we teach them the skill in a safe environment. And once they get the timing of waiting and unweighting that front wheel on the little log, then we've got a telephone pole that we teach them to ride. And, uh, We do actually, we do that on the little dirt bikes and the big adventure bikes. So, uh, it's pretty cool to see some of these ladies launching off that big old telephone pole. And then you can just hear them hooting and hollering because they never in their wildest dreams would have believed they could do something like that.
0: You know, I know, I know how to do something like that on a mountain bike. I couldn't even begin to think of how to do that uh, on a motorcycle.
1: You know, most of it's timing, Ted. Um, you know, you can compress the front end just by waiting and unwaiting and, and there's a lot more to it. I mean, you can, you can get real complicated, but I'd rather keep it uh, simple. Yeah. And, and we teach people just to pressure down on the front end and then pull back and gas it at the same time. And, and we're not looking to, to loft the front wheel. We're not looking to get a wheelie. We're just looking to get them to lighten up the front wheel. Yeah. Because the truth is, on an adventure bike, that bike should easily be able to go over any size obstacle that comes up to the front axle. Yeah. So if you look at your front wheel, whatever the axle height is, that's what you can clear without a whole lot of problems and just a low level technique like unweighting the front wheel. Yeah. So it really is about the timing of unweighting and then kicking the, you know, hitting the gas and, mm-hmm. and launching it a little bit. It's about um, learning things like finding a little clump of grass or or something to do, use as a little kicker to help you get that lift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll teach them things like that, and um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun, and and uh, it it's a, it's just cool to see these these gals just squealing because it's like oh my gosh I can't believe I just did that you know it's cool stuff
0: I, I imagine you, I'm sure you've probably seen some failures in that respect.
1: Well, it was funny. I was actually the one that failed last oh. year, and it, it was kind of cool because uh, I was. Uh, I, I was at home, uh, I think it was uh, Friday morning, yeah. and I came in, I rode in on my 1190R, and it was really early, and I uh, I went over to the log, and I thought, well, I'm going to try this, and I wasn't paying much attention, and the log wasn't secured, and I hit it, and I got sideways. And I just laid it right down, and I started laughing because I'm out there by myself. They're all in having breakfast, and I'm the first one that's just laid it down, and and I can't pick the bike up, so I have to get my dust rider's hoist out (laughs) and jack my bike up and lift it up, get the thing lifted up and uh, load everything back in. I walked into the dining hall, and I just started laughing. I said, okay. The pressure's off. I've already crashed, so don't worry about being the first one. <laughs> you
0: no, know, it's funny. You, you're you just talking about that. You know, you, the bike is laying on its side, and you have to pick it up by yourself. Now, is, is picking up an, an an adventure bike the same as the deadlift pickup with a with a cruiser?
1: You know, there's a couple different ways to do it. You know, one is the deadlift where you back up to the bike, yeah. and you, you know, pull the handlebar in, and you grab the back end, and you use your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and then there's another way you can do it where you're facing the bike, you turn the front handlebars in and you kind of kneel down and grab it mm-hmm. and lift it up. Um, I'm strong enough, but since I'm a former pro motocross racer, I have a lot of injuries, orthopedic injuries. And so, um, I, I don't do that anymore. Right. Um, and And so I use my hoist. It's the same technique, but here's the thing you also have to consider, Ted. Mm -hmm. If you're riding and you're in the mud or you're in the sand, um, sometimes even you can be strong enough and you can know the right technique, you still can't pick the stupid thing up because you can't get your feet underneath of you, you know. Um, I mean, I've been in in mud that was like Vaseline, and you could barely stand up, much less try and get the leverage to lift that 550-pound bike, you know.
0: And I can only imagine, like when you uh, and McGregor and Charlie Borman were doing air things. I mean, they they got the twelve hundred GS, and these things weigh almost a thousand pounds fully loaded. And now they got the thing laying on its side, and they got to try to pick it up. I, well, I, I,
1: the GS has an advantage though because it's got those side heads, and the joke is those side heads are the built-in side stand <laughs>
0: because.
1: Yeah, the, the heads actually act as they actually keep the bike lifted up off the ground a little bit so that it's a little easier to get underneath of. Okay. You get into a parallel twin or a, or a V-twin that doesn't have those side heads. Yeah. And when they're laying down on the ground, the rear wheel is up in the air. Oh. So they're really upside down. So trying to get underneath is tough. And then sometimes if you're not pushing straight up, if you're pushing back at the bike, all it does is slide. So, yeah, the, the GS-1200 is actually fairly easy to lift because of the side heads and because of the fact that it has a real low center of gravity. Yeah. The uh, KTM 1190R does not have those side heads, and it has a really high center of gravity, which means all the weight is out toward oh, – it's just – it's tough. It really is.
0: Now, would you say that uh, – well, well, where is the weight on your KTM? Is it more towards the front? Is it more like over the gas tank? Is it more, well, where, where would the center of gravity be on that bike?
1: It's higher and forward.
0: Wow. That makes it even more difficult.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not an easy motorcycle for the average rider to ride. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a great bike. Don't get me wrong. I love that bike. I love the power. I love the way it handles, but there's not, you know, the average rider, uh, is going to do better on a bike that maybe isn't quite as powerful and has a much lower center of gravity.
0: Okay. So in your dirt bike essentials, your rider training, you're teaching these uh, these women how to pick their bike up if that happens, right?
1: Right. And the, the little dirt bikes are pretty easy. You know, you pull the handlebar um, down. You know, if it's laying on the left-hand side, you pull the handlebar inside and, and we teach them a method where they're facing it and they lift up. Mm-hmm. Um, we also teach a two-person lift. Uh, on the Adventure Essentials, we teach the big bike lift, but we have a dedicated class for that too, a classroom session, because we want to show them a single lift, we want to show them a two-person lift, and we want to teach them how to use the dust rider hoist. Okay. Because, you know, there's plenty of people, men included, um, one of my best friends that I ride with all the time, Mark, he's had several back surgeries, and uh, he wound up buying a hoist after he saw mine, because even though he can lift the bike, he shouldn't, and he finally decided. To be good to himself.
0: (laughs) If if there's a way you can make it easier, you might as well take advantage of it, right? Yeah.
1: Why not? Why not?
0: So your private motorcycle coaching sessions. Now, do you get a lot of women and or men sign up for those?
1: You know, um, I would like to have a lot more than I've had. Uh, I love doing private coaching. Uh, The private coaching is really fun. Excuse me. (coughs) The private coaching is really fun for a couple of reasons. I get to... I. I get to ride with people where they want to ride, and I get to um, see where they are. And, and I like starting with people wherever they are, and I really can customize the training for mm. them. One of the big things I try to do, Ted, is the, the truth is most women are a lot better than they think they are. And most people, men and women, already have a lot of skills that are transferable to motorcycle. For example, I was telling you about mountain biking, right? right. There's skills that transfer. When you hear that, you immediately go, oh, okay, I know something. There's a little bit of confidence that gets built there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a horseback rider, um, a lot of the skills in horseback riding transfer over. If you're a skier, okay. a lot of those skills transfer over. So, you know, I, I like to get to know people. I like to see where they're at. What do they really want to learn? What kind of riding do they want to do? We go out and and customize the training. And I use a Scenicom system, so I video. And so when I'm in, leading in front, They're seeing on the video while I'm actually um, uh, talking and telling them what I'm seeing, why I'm doing what I'm doing, what the line is I'm choosing, what gear I'm in. When I'm behind them, you know, I'm coaching them. Hey, you look great. Your body position is good. You might want to try and drop your heels a little bit, stand a little straighter, whatever. And they get this video to take home with themselves, for, Mm -hmm. for themselves. So. Then they can use that video so that they can self-coach and continue to improve. Yeah. Um, because the idea is, okay, I didn't do that right. What am I supposed to remember here? And and we really want people to ride by feel. But uh, it's just fun to be able to go out and and ride the terrain that they want to ride at their pace, yeah. um, wherever they are, whether they're a rank beginner or whether they're super super advanced. I've worked with both. Mm-hmm. It's it's a kick, and it's a, it's it's just a blast to see how much they, how quickly they improve.
0: Bit about technique, picking a line, it, as with mountain biking, the line that I pick might not be the line that you pick, and is that the same thing that you teach your classes as well?
1: Well, I teach my classes that um, there are oftentimes multiple t- lines, but here's how I choose my line. Uh, my first choice in lines is always the smoothest line. Why? Because when the wheels are in contact with the ground, I have control.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, My second choice in lines is if I can't find smooth, then I find a straight line because the motorcycle is most stable when the wheels are perpendicular to the ground. When I'm turning, there's some kind of a lean happening. I have less contact patch on the wheels. So I'm going to be most stable when the bike is perpendicular, which means I'm going in a straight line. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's a bonus if the line is smooth and straight because then I can really (laughs) fly and go fast.
2: Yeah, good
1: luck. (laughs) I also make it very clear that sometimes the best line means floating, jumping over or floating over something. Mm -hmm. Um, because oftentimes I, I think a lot of people have a tendency when they see an obstacle to hit the brakes, when what they really need to do is hit the gas and that whole technique about the log crossing waiting and unwaiting. If you can just kind of float over the rough stuff, it's, it's way smoother than slowing down and sort of bumping your way through it. So, um, so we teach all that in, in line choice, and and when we if you're gonna hit an obstacle, if there's an obstacle, I want you to hit it um, perpendicular instead of at an angle. It's no different than you know riding railroad tracks. Right. You know, you want to hit those perpendicular. Um and and we teach you know how to wait and unweight because the back end of the motorcycle can take a whole bunch of abuse. Um you really have to manage the front end. We teach our riders to manage that front end because most of the time if you keep that front end in line and safe, the back end's going to pull around. Sure. And you know, if you mess up with the front end, that's when you're going to superman or high side and that's when you're going to get hurt.
0: That's bad. Is uh yeah. is momentum your friend? Ah. Uh, <laughs>
1: yes and no. Um momentum makes riders think that they're better than they think that than they are. Uh-huh. Um and I see a lot of people riding with momentum. True skill is developed at slow speed.
2: Right.
1: Uh, true skill is developed through technique. But, you know, when I'm floating over the rough stuff, I'm definitely using momentum. Um, but where momentum is going to kill you is when you're riding off-road is when you hit that sandy turn and you come around and all of a sudden there's a rock ledge and you don't have momentum. Do you know how to use the clutch and the gas? You know how to loft that front wheel to get it up on that ledge. Do you know where your body should be? Yeah. You know, so momentum—you um, can cheat a lot with momentum, but when you get in the real technical stuff, um, you're going to get burned, and and that's you know.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when it comes to body English balance and uh, picking the right line.
1: And and there's a lot of technique. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean there's oh, sure. there's. Yeah, there's total technique, but, uh, you know, if, if you're off balance, I don't care how good your technique is, yeah. you're going to, you're going to eat it, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and the, the truth is too, the, the thing with momentum is when I mess up and I'm not going that fast, especially when I'm wearing body armor, I stand a better chance of, of not getting hurt. Yeah. If I'm going fast and I get slammed, yeah. um, then, then I'm going to get hurt pretty bad, probably. Yeah. Um, Likely. and, and I've. Don't want to get hurt.
0: No, momentum <laughs> just throws you further. That's all that is
1: right. And yeah. and you know, I even back when I raced motocross, my brother and I used to teach a motocross school when I was a teenager, and we used to teach our riders slow down and go faster um, because That's I good. I see riders that are you know I see it all the time when I'm out trail riding. These guys will be whining the gears out, and there's gravel flying all over the place and the back end is just fishtailing all over and I'll be one gear up three quarter throttle and I'll just be tracking on this nice smooth line that's only about six inches away from where they're riding and I just pass them like they're sitting still because I've got traction you know and they don't and I'm in control and they're not and I just I just (laughs) smile as I go by
0: (laughs) you you're not showing off at all no i'm not I, i'm not i'm just
1: riding my ride that's right I exactly mean, you know, you're
0: riding your ride it's
1: it's that's my ride and and they're doing their thing and i'm doing mine and you know
0: and that's what it's all about you bet uh your backcountry discovery tour that you got it looks amazing you only, you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about that will they be camping no! Oh! No!
1: No! 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 Absolutely not! We're we're chicks. We're gonna do the premium <laughs> tour. We've got to, <laughs>
0: Oh wait! I see. This goes back against all everything you've been telling me so far. But oh no!
1: No! 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 Uh, yeah, the the Colorado Backcountry Discovery Route is um, Elisa Clickinger at Women's Motorcycle Tours. Uh, She and I are partnered on this, and Elisa's in Cuba right now leading an all women's oh, tour. Really? Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. As we speak, she's in Cuba, but. um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to stay in hotels. Uh, we have a support vehicle that will carry our bags. I mm-hmm. want the riders to be able to travel light. Uh, we'll take our lunch, our toolkits, and our cameras. Right. Uh, I want us to be able to enjoy um, the scenery and take pictures, not waste our time setting up camp, breaking down camp. And besides, I want a shower and a bed. That's yeah. just <laughs> all. That's
0: <good. laughs> you know, that's been one thing that's always been on my mind. These guys are doing these long, you know, multi-day you know adventure right. tours and like like don't you want a shower i got a shower you know. yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, i'm I, with
0: I'm, w- I'm with you a hotel tour i like that
1: yeah we can go <laughs> riding sometime ted you're all right <laughs> where's the where's
0: the well, so this so does uh this backcountry tour that you're doing where does it start from and where is it end
1: well we're gonna Granby is about 80 miles away from Steamboat Springs, and oh, so nice. we're going to, Monday morning, kickstands up, we're going to ride to Steamboat Springs, 80 mm-hmm. miles on the pavement, we're going to gas up. From Steamboat Springs, it goes down to Gypsum, Colorado, it's all off-road. Uh, from Gypsum, it goes to the Buena Vista area, uh, and we're going to have, uh, that, that first day is pretty easy riding, Uh There'll be a a good size water crossing, and the the tour that we're doing is a training tour. So the first time we hit a steep downhill or steep uphill, I'm going to coach everyone how to ride through it. The first time we hit a water crossing, I'll coach them through that. And then um, we'll uh, stay at a hotel in Gypsum. The second day when we ride into Buena Vista – We're going to offer two different routes. The primary backcountry discovery route is fairly challenging that day. Uh, It has an area that has a lot of ruts, and then we go up over Hagerman Hagerman Pass. There's a lot of rocks. There's mud puddles. And then we go into the four-mile OHV area, which is truly an OHV area where they ride ATVs, and we're going to be back there on big adventure bikes, and there's two massive stream crossings that are like 70, 80 feet across, and then we're going to stay in Buena Vista at Cottonwood Hot Springs, which is a really, really cool place. Uh, we're going to do it overnight there. We're going to stay there for two nights and have a rest day mm-hmm. and let the gals um, recuperate. And then uh, then we ride into Lake City. The The ride that we do over to Lake City is just gorgeous. We're going to go over, um, uh, um, what is it, Los Pinos, and uh, we'll be going into Slumgullion Gulch. And it's just beautiful riding the magnificent scenery down into lake city wow and then the next day's ride from lake city to telluride um the primary route is incredibly challenging um you go up cinnamon pass to uh, autumnus forks and then you take california gulch over to corkscrew uh pass and corkscrew pass gets its name honestly it's steep and hairpin turns and uh and then we go over Ofer pass into telluride so that day we're also going to have an alternate route
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for those that don't want, so the the two challenging days, we have easier routes that um, Elisa will lead the easy routes, and I'll take um, the gals that are up to it over the the harder routes.
2: Right.
1: And then from Telluride, the last day where we ride into Cortez in the Four Corners area, that's um, pretty easy riding.
0: So, uh, so how many days yeah. total do we have?
1: It's uh, what is it? Five days of riding and six days on the tour. Wow. And it includes it includes all meals. It includes um, uh, support vehicle. We haul your bags. We stay at hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so every day we're going to start the day. Every everybody's going to get a little lunch kit, and they get to pack their own lunch. And uh, wow. we're going to get served breakfast, and we're going to get served dinner. But um, yeah, so, wow. so it'll this be is, fun. So,
0: so this is glamping, right? <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: No, it's not glamping. It's <laughs> hoteling. <laughs>
0: yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm terribly jealous I'm t- I would really love to do that. How many men do you get on this one?
1: Uh, we're not allowing any men. this Be- is an all women ride.
0: good for you. I applaud you. that's great. Well this
1: is this has never been done before Ted. Oh. Um, we there's never been an all- woman um, Colorado backcountry discovery tour. There have been a couple women that have done a couple three days of mm-hmm. some of the tours like right. the Idaho but uh, again, I want to do this. all of the backcountry discovery routes all women.
0: All right. Now, d- dare I ask, how, what would this would cost an attendee?
1: Uh, this one's around, I think it's 3200
0: That's it? Uh, that's it. Wow.
1: And, it, you know, I mean, our price point is um, we're right in the ballgame with other tour companies, yeah. but uh, we're offering, um, it's it's a training tour. I mean, you're going to have a professional coach, me, on wow. the tour teaching women how to ride. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we want everyone to be safe. That's why... It's about for women. It's about the camaraderie and being a member for of their sure. tribe. They, they want to have that connection with other badass women riders, um, and they want to have the experience of traveling in the back country. Um, you know, it's it's not about proving how tough you are. It's about just going out there and having a good time. And so enjoy, we're going
0: right. to enjoying the bike. That's exactly
1: it. and and so you know if somebody's not feeling up to it on the hard days. Great! The alternate routes are beautiful, are gorgeous. You're right. not going to lose out on anything. Just let's just be safe and have a good time.
0: Are you going to film this?
1: I hope so. Oh I, my God! You know, That'd be fantastic. I, I, you know, it's all just money, right, Ted? That's... Um, I am hoping that a sponsor is going to step up. I would love to have a sponsor step up that would want to film this and create some kind of a documentary or promotional materials. We're all planning on using point of view cameras. Uh, I'm hoping to have point of view cameras on most of the bikes or most of the riders. Yeah. Um, me personally, um, I studied commercial photography. I'm a professional photographer. And, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. be shooting along the route. Elisa Clickinger is a moto journalist. She's going to be shooting along the route. I'd love to get somebody that has a drone to, uh, I mean, some of the, the video that if, if we had someone that had drone skills, I mean, I can't do everything, you know, they're not that expensive to buy. Um, you but know who, oh, you, really... you know who
0: has a drone? Steph Jevons has a drone. Yeah? Yeah. She told me about that when I was talking to her. <laughs> yeah. That's,
1: that's, you know, I've been, I've been looking at them and I thought, you know, that follow me function is cool, but. The problem is, is they follow the controller. I thought, you know, gee, put on a wristband and then it just follows the wristband, right? No, 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 no. no, no. no. The controller on those things is massive. So trying to ride this technical con- train, watching a controller, we'd get some good footage, but it would probably be footage of me crashing. No. So
0: as I, As I understand it, those things are only good for like 12 or 15 minutes in the air. Anyway,
1: uh, 25 minutes max, 25, and the higher yeah. the altitude, and we're going to be riding at 14,000 feet oh, yeah. or 12, 12 and 14. So the higher the altitude, the more lift. they The thinner the air is, the more lift. Okay. So um, I don't know. I'm exploring. I'm I'm holding out to that somebody's going to show up with the money to hire the drone and to do the video to do the production. Regardless, we're going to create. We're going to um, collect raw footage. I mean, it's, it's a opportunity that won't come again. This is a first ever. And so we're going to collect as much footage as we can and hope that we can do something pretty powerful with it.
0: Oh, that's great. Now with the rally and of course, well, the backcountry tour, you pretty much explained what everybody can expect with that. Uh, with regard to the rally that you have, what can people expect from the rally?
1: Well, the rally, the, the base package of the rally, it's four days long, um, and, we'll have classroom training with the base package. You get your meals, you get free camping, you get classroom training, you get the opening celebration Thursday night, mm-hmm. you get the closing awards ceremony and DJ dance party. So that's in the base package. Anyone who attends has to, to buy that package. And you know, it's the insurance, it's the rental oh, of sure. the our training facility and all this. We have an add on option, um, if you're a pillow princess like me, then there's a hotel uh, option. We we rented convention space at the Inn at Silver Creek. So uh, so so we uh, you know if you want to stay at a hotel, they offer discount uh, lodging there. Okay. And we also have uh, add-ons for the classes that we're teaching. So the the three classes again are the dirt bike essentials for the little bikes, right. the adventure essentials for the big bikes, and then the BDR essentials. This is the first year we're teaching BDR Essentials. And this is a cool class that I've designed just for the backcountry discovery routes. You you have to have taken one of the other classes, either dirt bike or adventure, Uh because this is advanced level. And we're going to start out at the training grounds, which is pretty flat. And then we're going to ride over to a local uh, motocross track. And we're going to do steep ups and downs on the motocross track. We're going to do hairpin turns on the motocross track. And at some point, we'll have lunch, and then we're going to go down the road to the local um, OHV area and trail area. We're going to find the first water crossing I'm going to teach them to ride. It has a concrete base, and the water is clear, so that way they get an opportunity just to feel the resistance of the water Mm -hmm. against you. And once everybody's comfortable with that, we're going to go down the trail a little ways, and there's a nice water crossing that is solid footing, but it's dirt. So we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna teach the water crossings. We're gonna go find some ruts to play in, because to ride the Colorado Backcountry Discovery Route, you have to be able to handle steep ascents, steep descents, hairpin turns, yeah. ruts, and water crossings. So we're gonna be teaching all those things.
0: So you're gonna be producing some pretty badass women from this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Well, you betcha. I mean, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, any woman that throws a leg over a motorcycle is badass because. For me...
0: But adventure riders, oh.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just, that's the theme. Again, the theme is get your badass on, but honestly, Ted, think about it. You know, anybody that throws their leg over a motorcycle, to me, the definition of badass is anyone who pushes through their fear to pursue their dreams. Right. So, you know, I mean, I don't know how long you've been riding. It's second nature to me. And
0: Long time. (laughs) time. Yeah, since the 80s,
1: 70s? Yeah, but Think about it. You know, I mean, I I have watched housewives in their 30s and 40s that have never been on a motorcycle say, I want to do this. Yeah. And I don't know how, and I'm scared, but damn it, I'm going to do it. And they do. Yeah. What's more badass than that?
0: That's awesome. That's really awesome. Although you might want to change the name of your pillow princess package to something else you know it kind of it
1: got your attention it it did but you know it kind
0: of kind of really kind of ruins the image you know
1: you know what hey leather and lace baby leather and lace we can be both right
0: that and a full kit right
1: exactly exactly so
0: now your tours i obviously this tour you're doing is all women now as far as it goes for the rally men can sign up for that correct
1: absolutely the rally is, is men and women. We actually encouraged that last year. We were 60% women, 40% men. And, you know, one of the coolest things that happened with that is a bunch of these couples met that didn't know each other. And, and they became friends. And, I mean, one couple I'm thinking about, they live in Minnesota and the other couple lives in uh, Colorado Springs. And they've now gone on moto vacations oh, together. Oh, that's
0: Awesome. Wow,
1: how cool is that,
0: right? That is way and, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, I we had another couple from Colorado that came, and the guy was telling me he rides an older BMW, and he said he hasn't gone to rallies because they make fun of him because he's not riding the latest, greatest, hottest, chicest bike. And it's like, hey, dude, who cares? You're riding. That's yeah. exactly right. Exactly. And you know, he loves riding with his wife, and so he learned. You know, the, the guys don't understand how how much different it is for women to ride. They don't understand how, you know, when they take my, the cool thing about the way I teach Ted is as we all get older, nobody wants to fall down. Right. Right. And, and so I teach it in very measured steps and it's very safe and people knock wood so far, you know, they, they generally don't get hurt and I, a lot of the guys respond to the way I teach and, and I think I know why, because, uh, I think I have this theory that a lot of guys develop conf, uh, confidence um, by what I call the conquer mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't know a damn thing about what I'm doing or how to do it, but I'm going to conquer this beast. And you go out and you try it and you do it. You don't know how you did it, but you did it. And so you develop confidence, right? That's it.
2: That's it.
1: Women, women develop confidence totally differently. Women develop confidence by learning bits and pieces and When they feel like they have a certain degree of skill, then they get a certain piece of confidence. So what this means is that what is step one for a guy oftentimes feels like step four for a woman. But as we get older, you know, that grip it, rip it mentality doesn't serve us. We can't afford to just go out there and grab it by the horns and and conquer it and beat ourselves up and fall down and get hurt. So a lot of the the baby boomers are coming into adventure riding. A lot of these people are street riders all their life, and now they want something different. They can't afford to fall. Right. You know, at the KTM rally last year, I worked with a guy that was struggling with some of the stuff that was being taught, and and he was scared, but he couldn't admit that he was scared. But I knew he was scared, so I broke it down what the guy what the instructor was teaching. I broke it down into four steps and within 10 minutes the guy was executing the skill and had a big smile on his face instead of looking at me like oh my god I can't afford to get hurt and that's what it's about it's about oh, the joy sure.
0: right all right it's 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 the no fear you know you, you have to raise that fear level you know I, I always have a uh, saying is that uh, falling is a failed attempt at flying <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's just my thing you you're you're welcome that's to a- you're welcome to use that <laughs>
1: i don't know i i fly pretty well but i don't land so good anymore you know <laughs>
0: hey, it's just a sudden stop at the bottom right
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly
0: so what else does adventure woman uh have planned for 2017 and beyond
1: oh boy um well, well obviously, obviously the, Col- the rally and the tour well the colorado backcountry discovery route sold out before we actually even advertised really it. no kidding yeah wow. so we yeah we added a second one in the fall uh i think it's going to be september 2nd through the 10th i believe um or, or Dates close to that. Don't quote me because I'm mm-hmm. not good with numbers, but it's going to follow the same format. We're going to have um, an optional two days of training with me, where I will work with the women for two days of of training. Okay, and then we'll go out and do the ride again, and it'll be it'll be gorgeous because uh, you know right after Labor Day. Colorado is busy in the summer, but the six weeks after Labor Day are my favorite time because oh, most imagine. of the tourists are gone and it's quieter and it's uh, it's warm during the day and cool okay. at night. Um, so we're doing that. I'm also working. Uh, I'm going to be um, doing a, a there. There's a woman named Betsy Wiersma who has something called Camp Experience. Mm-hmm. It's a uh-huh. it's a camp,
2: <laughs> Camping. It's a camp-
1: Women, Um, and it's all about empowering women. And so we're going to be offering, uh, I think she has 150 campers that come every year. She sells out every year, and we're going to offer a motorcycling experience to 10 lucky campers. They're going to auction that off. It's going to be a charity auction. We're going to take five women one day and five women the next day. We're going to videotape it. We're going to take photos. And then I get to do a keynote speech. Um, I'm going to be in June. I'm going to be with the Steel Horse Sisterhood in Uray, Colorado at their summit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm going to be doing a skills training, I think, I believe, at the Durango Harley dealership, um, taming the twisties. And then in October, I'm going to be in Pigeon Ford with the Steel Horse Sisterhood again, um, uh, teaching skills training and doing a a talk there. Yeah. Beyond that, wow, well, I don't know. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that's enough, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it is. And and you know, if if everything goes well with this gas tank program with the Power Lily Group, I right. hope to be uh, one of the five finalists. And. If I am, then I will be at the uh, AIM show in Cincinnati. I'll have Wonderful. a booth there.
0: Excellent. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, what's What's going on in May? You got anything going on in May?
1: Yeah, I'm going to Moab. Um, you, are co- you are not. Yeah, I am.
0: I'm going to be in Moab in May. Serious. Yeah, we, we got to do lunch.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And the reason I'm going to be there is, um, you know, one of, one of my biggest challenges is to have qualified women instructors. So. I have had to develop my own team of instructors. Oh, yes. And so we're meeting in Moab. I, I couldn't be more excited and pleased. Uh, Caroline Stevenson is one of four female BMW certified off-road instructors. Wow. She lives in Canada. And Caroline's coming down to Moab. And so all the coaches were getting together in Moab and we're going to do coach training
0: in Moab. No kidding. Oh, wow. That's it's, cool. So
1: because I mean, you know, there's standard things that you know. Uh, Caroline is a BMW instructor, and she knows what BMW teaches. But yeah. I teach specific techniques for women.
0: So I take it that and, you're going to be riding when you're in Moab, too. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <you think? laughs> uh, I am so jealous. I'm just going there with my my wife and my mountain bike. That's it. You know, great. we might try to rent a bike somehow. I don't know. We might. We'll see. They
1: have a they have a great guy that rents bikes there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he rents everything from. Uh, Little single track dirt bikes on up to, uh, I actually ran into him at the at, at the uh, hardware store and he was on a V-Strom. <laughs> so he's got, he's got KLRs, he's got V-Stroms, he's got little single track bikes, Honda CRF 150s, no he's kidding. got KTMs, anything you want, you can rent down there, you know. Hmm. I
0: guess we'll have to see what happens when I get there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, uh, well, there's we'll, a ton of fun riding there.
0: Oh, yeah. Sure. Have
1: you been there before?
0: The last time I was there was in 2011, so yeah. it's was a long overdue, and I'm looking forward to this. Is anything else, last, before we close out, that, that you can offer uh, up for our female listeners who might want to come attend this? Well,
1: I I think the one thing that I'd like to spread, stress is the fact that we're going to have Caroline Stevenson here. Um, Caroline is a bit of a celebrity, even though she, she won't own it herself. Um, <laughs> BMW has an event uh, called the GS Trophy Competition, which is an international competition, and um, riders from all from all different countries try out. And then it's a two week competition in some faraway land. And, uh, and, and Caroline was one of the 10 semi-finalists for last year's first ever international all female team. Wow. They, they chose three riders. Uh, Caroline was not one of the three riders, but she was one of 10. There were hundreds of women who applied. And, uh, and since then she's become uh, a, an off-road instructor with BMW. And I'll tell you what, she rides with a, a subtle grace and strength. It's like watching a ballerina dancer. She's amazing. And we're gonna come have her do a little talk. She's she's a little reluctant to speak in public, but we're gonna have her show up on her bike and okay. do a little demo of some of the high-end skills and then have her do a little talk. And um there are again, there are only four female BMW off-road instructors in the, world. in the world
0: in the world and we
1: have one of them wow. coming to our rally it's quite, an, uh, quite an honor yeah yeah it is and and our keynote our our closing keynote speak speaker on um, saturday i'm not going to reveal anything but there won't be a dry eye in the place it's going to be incredibly inspiring um it i mean ted i teach motorcycling but what i'm about is empowering women and um this I, I'm just so excited and it's, it's
0: well, you should be very proud of what you're doing. I think it's a beautiful thing. I, you know, Thank you. you don't, you don't hear too much about it and it's a shame. I think there should be more in the media and cer- certainly in this medium uh, podcasting more about that. And I think it's really a wonderful thing that you're doing. So how can everybody find out about you? Where can we hook up with you and learn more about you? Uh, website, Facebook, what do you got?
1: My website is advwoman.com, as in adventurewoman.com. Okay. And on Facebook, it's Facebook forward slash advwoman.
0: Perfect. All right. And is there an email address that people can email you at if they want to, or can they can get all that off the website?
1: They can get it, or they can just email pat at advwoman.com.
0: That's easy enough. Yeah, it is. All right. Pat, listen, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on a Motorcycle Men podcast. Uh, I hope, I really, really love what you're doing and I hope you get more and more people sign up for this. I wish you much success in the future.
1: Thanks, Ted. It's been fun talking to you.
0: Thank you very much for being on the show. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of motorcycle men podcast episode 83 with my lovely guest, Pat Jakes of adventure woman. Please take the time to check out her website and Facebook page and tell her how much you enjoyed the show. And listening to her tell us about the program she runs, I am sure she would appreciate it. All right, so don't forget to check out our friends over at Loud Pipes Podcast, Throttle Podcast, Motorcycles and Misfits Podcast, Cleveland Moto Podcast, Motorific, also Cafe Racer Podcast, and of course, The Wheel Nerds. All of these podcasts and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. Also, look at our sponsors, Love Jugs. Cool off your big V-twin with Love Jugs. That's love-jugs.com. And, of course, go check out Zero 3D. They're providing you with top-quality accessories, comfort, and performance parts for your big twin. That's zero3d.com. They make some great, great stuff. So check that out. We'll be having them on as a guest soon to tell us all about their products. But in the meantime, from Timbuktu, Chris the Joker, and me, Ted, your host, thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Men podcast. This was episode 83 with Pat Jakes of Adventure Woman. Get on your motorcycle, boys and girls, and head out to the far and wide and do that safely. Take care, kids. Bye.